We live in a world that loves to make excuses. We are skillful at the art of making excuses. Very often people know what they want to achieve in life, but when they don't achieve it, they make excuses. We know the discipline that we need to put in to achieve certain things, but if we don't achieve them, we make excuses. And so lack of discipline to do what is necessary to achieve our goals is what happens to us. And very often when you ask people, why did you do that? They say, no, I'll do that sometime. So people take a vacation, in inverted commas, to this wonderful fantasy land called the Someday Island. People on the Someday Island say, I will read a book someday. They say, someday I will start an exercise program. Someday I will upgrade my skills and earn more money. In fact, 80% of the population in the world live in the someday island. People on the someday island, they think and dream and fantasize about all things that they're going to do someday. And the sad thing is on this island, they are surrounded by other someday people. And on this someday island, the chief topic of the conversation is excuses. Excuses like, I don't know how, I didn't understand, I couldn't find the right tools. It's excuses, excuses, excuses. I want to challenge you in 2016 as you exit this year and as you enter into 2017, make no excuses. Make no excuses. It's been said that excuses are the tools of the incompetent. And those who specialize in them seldom go far. It's Ben Franklin who wrote, and I quote, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else, end of quote. I hope you're not sitting next to one of those people. Gabriel Muria stated, and I quote, he who excuses himself accuses himself, end of quote. In fact, the truth is this, oftentimes it is losers that make excuses. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you are not one of them. <laughs> winners don't make excuses, winners just progress in life. And I use two main scriptures tonight and I'll ask the people at the back just to have the scriptures up on the screen for me. I'm going to use Jeremiah and, and Moses as an example. Jeremiah chapter 1, I want to read from verse 1 to verse 13. The words of Jeremiah, can I have it in the American Standard Version, please? The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Athoth, in the land of Benjamin. American Standard Version, please. And then we move on to all the way. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Keep going. It came also in the days of Jehoshakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And that's the truth for every one of you here tonight. And everyone who's watching. 
God says, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Tell your neighbor you're consecrated. Tell your other neighbor, that means you're set apart. But Alana, you have been set apart. You are, you are not a mistake. You are a man and a woman of purpose. You are here by God's design. And you have been set apart to play a certain role. But if you are in the someday island, you'll always make excuses. If you are in the someday island, the world will miss your impact. God says, before you were born, I consecrated you. And not, not only have you been consecrated, he says, I appointed you. You've been appointed. Even if others leave you out, God appoints you. Even if they didn't shortlist you, God has already shortlisted you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Whatever it is, you've been appointed for something. You may not necessarily be appointed as a prophet, but you're appointed for something. Verse 6. Then I said, this is Jeremiah speaking, Alas, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak. Excuses, excuses. Because I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, don't you do not say I'm a youth. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Keep going, please. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Basalana, when God appoints you and when God consecrates you, wherever God sends you, whatever God tells you to do, he will be there to empower you. You don't need to make excuses. You don't need to make excuses. When you make excuses, you tie God's hands. When you make excuses, you immobilize the power of God in your life. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my word in your mouth. Oh. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations, over the kingdoms, to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. See, your assignment is already clear. This was for Jeremiah, but whatever your assignment is, it is already clear. God is very specific. Barcelona, there is nobody like you in the whole world. Nobody has been wired just like you. Nobody has been touched by God just like you. Nobody has been set apart just like you. Nobody has been anointed just like you. But you keep making excuses, some of you, on the someday island. The word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of almond tree. Verse 12, then the Lord said, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. In other words, whatever I've said about you, I will watch over it and make sure it comes to pass. God says, take me on if you want. Just believe me and trust me and do what I tell you and see if I will not come through and I will not be true to what I have said about you. Verse 13, and the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away in the north. Go to verse 17, please. Skip to verse 17. Verse 17, now get up your loins and arise. Look at your neighbor and say, get up your loins and arise. Look at your other neighbor and say, get off the sun someday island. Get off. Yeah. We're serving you an eviction order tonight. 
Yeah, we are the red ants who are getting you off the someday island. How many red ants do we have here? Get off the island. God says, get up your loins. In other words, you know, you know, get, get, get in, in, in a position of showing that you are ready for action. See, people in those days used to tie belts around their loins. And when you tie a belt around your loins, it means I'm ready to move. Get up your loins and arise. Somebody say, arise. arise. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, Kauvele. Some of you were missing you. We're missing you. We're seeing your shadow. Because you're on, you're on Sunday Island. We just see your shadow. Look at your neighbor and say, arise. God says, arise and, and speak to all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them. Oh, I will dismay you before them. Verse 18. Now behold, I've made you today as a fortified city, as a pillar of iron, and as walls of bronze against the whole land for the kings of Judah, for his princes, to his priests, to the people of the land. God says, I have fortified you. I have strengthened you. There's no need for you to be afraid of the assignment. My goodness, stop making excuses. Verse, verse 19, and they will fight against you, but God says, whatever I've told you, you will experience opposition. Whatever vision I've given you, you will have obstacles, but God says, but they will not overcome you. Why? For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Can I hear a shout in this house? God is with you. Stop making excuses. God says you will experience hard times. You will experience opposition. But that opposition is nothing as compared to the God who's on your side. See, the name Jeremiah means Jehovah lifts up. Jeremiah was born in the village of Anathoth. His father was Hamutal. And he was the head of the tribe of Manasseh. When Jeremiah was called, he was called into the prophetic ministry in the 13th year of the reign of King Josiah, as we've read. He was called into ministry by God as a young man, and his ministry lasted 40 years. Wow. So God declared that he had sanctified him as a prophet even before he was born. Long before you were born, God had already decided your path. Not only had he decided your part, he has already equipped you for your part. Yeah. Schooling and other things we do, they are just an addition to help us to be more able to fulfill the task. But hardwired in your core, programmed into the core of your being, what God has hardwired and tattooed in your spirit is the ability for you to be everything he wants you to be. And you're wasting your time by making excuses. You really are. You really are. God looks at you and he shakes his head. He says, what's wrong? I didn't call your name, all right? God had declared that he had sanctioned him, sanctified him to be a prophet. But the young man in verse 6 says to God, our Lord God. These words actually mean, no, Lord God. Jeremiah pleaded that he was a youth. 
and that he lacked the ability to speak. But note, God replied that he was being called not because of age, not because of ability, but he was called because God had chosen him. Everything about your circumstances has got nothing to do with God's call on your life. Whether you have parents or you don't have parents, whether you have money, you, have, you don't have it, you have education, you don't have it, whether you were born in a township or in a suburb or in a mkuk, it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with what God says you're going to be. I can see your amens are kind of lacking. You don't believe what I said. And to show Jeremiah that it's got nothing to do with anything, in verse 10, immediately he saw the hand of God reaching out and touching his mouth the same way God's going to reach out and touch you for your assignment. I tell you, tell your neighbor, God's going to touch you for your assignment. Tell two people, tell three people, tell four people. Come on, go around, tell them, four people. Come on, tell them they don't believe you. Tell them God's going to touch you for your assignment. You see, Barcelona, God will always enable you to fulfill your life's mission regardless of the obstacles before you. And that is why, therefore, God will not take your excuses. He won't. God will not allow you to live a mediocre life. Some of you like to be mediocre. Yeah. You just like to just do enough just to get by. Just almost almost make it or make it just how many of you are sitting next to you someday island make it just mediocre somebody note in exodus exodus 3 another person who made excuses when he was called by god let's look at this this is amazing it's a long one i just want to show you i want to read all of it because you just have to see this god is talking to moses he says come now i will send you to pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Keep going, keep going with me, please. But Moses says, God, who am I? How? That I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly, certainly I'll be with you. God's answer, he doesn't even work out It doesn't matter who you are. What matters who is with you? Yeah. Who you are is not an issue. The issue goes, God says, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Keep going, verse 13. Then Moses says, God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel. And I'll say to them, the God of your fathers has sent you. Now they will say to me, what is his name? This guy is manufacturing excuses. What shall I say to them? Keep going. Verse 14, God said, I am who I am. I'll tell them I am who I sent you. Say it, send to the sons of Israel. It is I am who I sent you. God furthermore said to the Moses, that you'll say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. Wow. Go and gather the elders of Israel together. Say to them, the Lord, the God of the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. And I'm indeed concerned about and has, what has been done to you in Egypt. 
Verse 17. So I said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, the Hivites, Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 18. They will pay heed to what you say. God is telling him forward. God always tells you, you will succeed in your mission. You will succeed. If I send you, you will succeed. Even if obstacles come, you will succeed. Stop making excuses. God says they will listen to you. And, and, and when you talk to the elders, they will, you, you will come to the king of Egypt and you will say to the king of Egypt, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So now please let us go a three-day journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt, who called Moses. You know, when you talk to somebody and they keep on saying, but who called How many of you are sitting next to somebody or at Huh? How many of you sitting next to a married somebody who lives in a Sunday island? But I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go except under compulsion. Keep going. So I will stretch out my hand. God says, strike Egypt with all miracles which I will do. And after that, they will let you go. Verse 21, I will grant these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Verse 22, but every woman shall ask of a neighbor. Who lives in a house, they will ask for silver, gold, clothing. Next verse. 23, if you like day, or chapter 4. <laughs> then Moses says, what if they will not believe me? You know, what is very strenuous. Excuses. Yeah, doesn't that sound like some of you? Doesn't that sound like someone who is sitting next to you right now? What if they will not believe me or listen to me? For they will say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Keep going. I want to show you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, well, it's a, it's a rod, it's a staff. God said, okay, throw it down to the ground. He threw it, so it became a serpent. And Moses runs from it. Verse 4, and the Lord said to Moses, hey, stretch out your hand, grasp it by the tail. So he, he got it, and then it became a staff in his hand. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, that it become a staff in your hand. Okay, verse 5. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent you. I wanted to, I want to read this, Kabob. The Lord Father must say, say, put your hand in your bosom. Put his hand in his bosom. When he took it out, it was full of leprosy. Then he says, put it back, put it back. Then it was fine. Verse 8. I'm just paraphrasing now. <laughs> if they will not believe you or hear the witnesses of the first sign, they will believe this one, if we are leprous. But if they will not believe even these two signs, then you will take some water from the Nile, pour it out on the dry ground, and the water will become like blood. Verse 10. Then Moses says, Lord, please, Lord, I want you to read that on purpose. I want to show you it's in the Bible. You see, people who have excuses, there's, there's never the right answer. People who have excuses, they will just find a reason to be mediocre. Yeah. People who live on the someday island, they will manufacture reasons to justify their position and condition. Moses says, please, Lord, I've never been eloquent. Neither recently nor in time past. There's no hope. 
No, since you have spoken to yourself. <laughs> For I'm slow of speech. I want to show you something. And I'm slow of tongue. Verse 11, the Lord said to you, who has made your mouth? Who has made man's mouth? You are talking to me like I don't know who you are. I know. And that was Firizela has got nothing to do with my ability on the inside of you. Your background has got nothing to do with what God says. Can I hear an amen in this house? Come on. Stop making excuses. Make no excuses. God says, who makes the mute? Who makes the deaf? The seeing on the blind. Is it not a high? Now then go. Even I will be with your mouth. I'll teach you what you have to say. You see, God never sends you without saying, I'll be with you. Get that in your heart, Barcelona. Next verse. But he said, please, Lord. No, no, this is the way some of you sound to God. Come on, don't, 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 don't. Can I show up Moses and say, who Moses? Eh? Eh, eh, eh. Put your name there, Maria. Hi, don't be zot. Fagi kamalako lapa ntogu zot. How? Makosonke, fagi kamalako lapaya. He said, please, Lord, now send the message by whoever you will. Ngamayamaza, not me. I wanted to show you something. Then the anger of the Lord Banned against me. See, see, see. I'll tell you, Barcelona. You see, you are not being humble when you are trying to tell God you cannot do what He says you can do. That's not humility. That is stupidity. See, you, you, you think you are being humble when, when you say you don't have the ability. God, I tell you, I've gotten into trouble with God myself. When God has told me to do certain things and I was slow, I remember there's a year actually in a church where I got very ill. I, this is about five, six, no, ten years ago. I never will forget that year. Now, I don't want to exaggerate, but I can't go into other things, okay? <laughs> but I got very ill. I don't know if the leaders will remember. I literally called the entire ministry of helps. All our our, our elders and the board, and I had to stand in front of them and confess. I had not sinned in a sense, but I had, there's an area in my life where I was slow in obeying. Can cost you your life. Yeah. I became very ill, and I remember I was praying for healing, and God said, and, and I knew at that time, if I don't move, it's going to shorten my life. I'm telling you, Azadan. Yeah? There are many people who never live the fullness of their life because they are walking in disobedience towards God. Hmm. They are following their own way and, and sometimes disobedience is not that you are doing something wrong. You can just be slow to do what God told you and you keep postponing and you are living on some day island. God wants you, the day you leave this world, you should have finished what he told you to do. And the sooner you start, my friend, the better. God was angry with him. Moses for a while. What did Moses, what kind of excuses did Moses give? 
In verse 1, he gives the excuse of inability. He says, I've been nobody. I'm not able to do the job. God's response is this, I'll be with you. I'll go with you. If God called us, he has done so with a full knowledge of our weaknesses and our inabilities. In Psalms 103, verse 14, David says God knows us fully. Secondly, if God calls you, he knows you can accomplish the task through his power. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And then when God sends us into his work, he never sends us alone. In Matthew 28 verse 20, he says, Lo, I will be with you. If your excuse is one of an inability, then you need to realize that God is really not impressed with that. When Gideon in Judges chapter 7 tried to tell God about his inability, God wasn't impressed with him. Secondly, so the first excuse of Moses was the excuse of what? Inability. The second excuse of Moses was the excuse of inadequacy. He tells God he's inadequate. I can't speak. Very often people want to say they're incapable in doing what God has told them. But God's response is to remind Moses that it is not anybody who I'm forward to. It is the I am. It is the God who created your mouth. While when you may be inadequate, I am the one who is going to equip you. Somebody say equip you. Say it again. Oh, come on now, somebody say again. See, Barcelona, you need to understand, following God's mission can be a scary affair. When you look at the size of the task and compare your own abilities, there's never been a day where I've stood in front of you on this pulpit without some amount of fear coming into my heart. We have never arranged any program in this church where I never wondered if people will turn up. There's never been a day where I've preached where I've wondered if my sermon is making sense. There's never been a day when I've operated in the gifts of the Spirit where I wasn't worried that I was wrong. There's never been a time when I made an altar call where I wasn't afraid that nobody will come. But I still do it anyhow. I still do it anyhow. I've been preparing for a while, but today was, I was very restless. Preparing, I tried to sleep. Can't sleep well when I'm going to preach. Because there's a human side of Mosasson that talks like Moses. Send my brother, not me. But I've learned over these years to not listen to what my mind tells me. Now listen to what my fears are saying, but to listen to the greater one, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Never allow lack of money, lack of skill, lack of education to stop you. Never allow lack of resources to stop you. When God told Noah to build the ark, I'm very sure Noah felt inadequate. 
When God inspired David to go against Goliath, I'm sure David felt inadequate. When the three Hebrew children, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, came before the king, they must have felt inadequate. When they took Daniel and threw him in the lion's den, he must have felt inadequate. All through the Bible, we see men and women who have felt inadequate. But let me tell you, our sufficiency is not in us. Our sufficiency is in God. Let's stop making excuses. Number three, Moses gave the excuse of inferiority. He says, God, send someone else. I feel inferior. Very often we look over the fence and we see the grass greener on the other side. So many times people look at other people, we admire them. We wish we were like them. We wish we had their abilities. And yet God has put so much on the inside of you. Very often we feel inferior in the world around us. God's response to Moses is to tell him, I'm working through you. I'm working in you. God is telling Moses, listen, I'm the one who's enabling you. We are not inferior to everyone, anyone this evening. Your amen is, sounds very inferior. Can I say that again? We are not inferior to anyone this evening. I, I, can, let me say that again. Don't give me that inferior amen. Let me hear something that someone who doesn't feel. I said, you are not inferior to anyone tonight. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm sorry, but I'm not inferior to you at all. Yeah. In fact, we are the children of God, bought by the blood of Jesus. We are men and women of greatness. We have the greater one living on the inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Let us not give any room to any excuses tonight. Can I hear an amen? We have been washed by the blood of Jesus. God came and got us as an ugly mud, but he has worked on us. He has shaped us. He has cleansed us. He has sanctified us. He has filled us with the power of the Holy Ghost. We are not inferior. Number three, Moses makes the excuse of infirmity. Number four, thank you. I love it when you are there with me. Moses makes the excuse of infirmity. Self tells God, I can't speak. I have a speech impediment. You know, all of us, we have some impediment of some sort. Ah. Many people look at their handicaps. They look at their age, their income, their name, where they were born. They look at the way they were raised, the way society said. All of us was alana. Koninto, where we Satan wants to handicap us. And always when God tries to tell us to do something, we'll go to the shelf called handicap shelf. And we we open it. And we say, God, you see. You see, God. As though he didn't know. God's response to Moses is that, forward, I made your mouth, eh? I made your mind. I'll give you whatever you need. You have no need to fear. God says, get a booster. Look at somebody and say, God will give you a booster. 
Come on, tell somebody God will give you a booster. Yeah, God says, brother, he will go and he'll be your spokesperson. Isn't it amazing? It's only God who can take somebody who is stammering and give him a job where he must speak as his first assignment job description. Only God does those kind of things. Take somebody who is stammering and says your full-time job is to talk. Look at somebody say, Can I hear it? Amen. God says, I ask our for you to get our for booster. <laughs> if your excuse is in infirmity this evening, then put that thought aside. Because we see in the Bible how God spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Woo! God used a rooster to speak to Peter. God used an old ship, a ship hired to speak to Gideon. Hey! Oh, but people are full of excuses. Let me give you 27 excuses people make. 27. Get your quickly. 27 excuses that people make. First one, I'm too old or I'm too young to start. Yeah. As long as you are living and breathing, you have all the resources to turn your life around. I'm telling you as well. All it takes is your will and your desire. As a young person, your youth is your advantage. You have time, you have health. Your obligations are lower. No marriage bond, no wife, no kids. Huh? I also really stress. <laughs> if you are older, you have more experience. You failed at many things, you know what doesn't work already. Yeah? But you see, people like to say, I'm too old, I'm too young. Second excuse, I'm not talented enough. Let me tell you, Barcelona, to be successful is not only talent you need. Talent alone is not enough to be truly successful. It will help you to progress faster, but ultimately it requires a lot of hard work. It requires a lot of dedication. I'm telling you, what I'm preaching here is hard work. I've been preparing for a long time. More than a month. Yeah? That's why your amens must match my effort. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hard work. Uh, I'm telling you, Bazan, you find a way to make your gifting work. Number three, I wasn't born in the right area. It's true that your environment may influence the way you have been fostered, but it doesn't mean you can't decide to change your attitude. See, if you were born in a, an environment that wasn't the best, you don't have to be stuck with that for the rest of your life. Huh? You're raised in a home that has no love, no forgiveness, no holiness, no right, no wrong. It's okay. 
But now that you are sitting in this place tonight and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. It doesn't matter where you are. Now that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, God will give you the ability to turn your life around. For me, that's the greatest miracle of what God can do to turn people's lives around. Look at somebody say, Shaba yaba 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 yaba. All I'm trying to say is, you are in control. You choose what you think, what you feel, what you become about yourself. Number four, choose number four. I come from a poor background. You know what I found out? Some of the most successful people started from very difficult backgrounds. I've learned in life that some people, because of being advantaged, may get there sooner than you. But if you were to go in Noah's ark and talk to the rabbit and talk to the snail, they all got to the ark finally. Now come on somebody in the house. The rabbit got there faster. The snail needed sheer determination. Some of you are going to have to work 10 times, 20 times harder than others. So right, as long as I get to the ark, can I hear an amen in the house? So right. So right. I'll always say this, and I'll always remind you, for some of you who may be tempted to believe otherwise, our path as a church has not been one of the easiest. My path, spiritual path, in terms of ministry has never been the fastest. In most people that I started with in ministry, they got certain things before I did. Yeah. They were like the rabbit. And you know, you have to really have emotional intelligence and the fruit of the spirit not to feel jealous. It's serious, I'm telling you. Yeah. You are all in the same class. You graduated from the same place. Marabonada are ahead of you. And when you work harder, you, you burn the midnight oil and bonabazal. But they get the tender before you do. Yeah. At work, they make them to be your supervisor, even if they are using your ideas. I can look at some of you here to pillow. So, when that happens, don't mess up your life, Kahoba Fani. Huh? Get there slowly, slowly. In other words, Ganyani Ganyani. Shaba Yaba. Number five, I'm not smart enough. If you lack knowledge to pursue your goals, you can still get started. I found out you can learn anything. Just start somewhere. Start somewhere. I was encouraged by somebody some years ago, actually, when they were getting married, you know. And, and people were saying, look, hey, Molyalong, whatever, whatever. And they were teasing them. And then this person responded, says, well, I thought, you know, I like this guy. Look at your neighbor say, Lirunaratai Tut. But listen, 
You can learn anything. I've, 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 I've discovered you can learn anything. Some of you are a driver just a year ago. Serious. Some of you, you didn't know how to drive. Just a year, just not long ago. Just a year ago, just a year ago. Just a year ago. How long the robot in Koloya how? Forgive. so Let's not be afraid to learn, Barcelona. Don't be allergic to knowledge. You learn. Tabayoro, you don't know, it's fine. Number six, I don't have the support. It's beneficial to have support. But you know, Barcelona, the reason to succeed in life is you have to decide to succeed with or without them. Listen to me. You have to be willing to get up and pursue your dream. If the whole world is against you, you should get up and pursue your dream because there is one who is for you. His name is Jehovah God. And if God be for you, nobody can stand against you. Yeah. It's your drive. And I'm worried today. I, I see people who have no drive. I worry when I see someone who is just indifferent. Whether things happen, whether you succeed or you don't succeed, you don't care. You, you, you are happy. Sorry. <laughs> Barcelona, you must have drive. You must have motivation. I don't know about you, but I want to be at the top. I want to be number one because God created me as number one. Can I hear an amen in, in what God wants you to do? You should be number one, not number two, not number three, but number one. I just don't like just to at least get by. Hey. Have drive. Yeah, that if, if, the, if, if the whole street is against you, you go to church. Yeah, you are wasting your time. Have drive. Can I can I see people who have drive tonight? Have, have. I tell you. Number seven, people say, I don't have enough time. I don't have time. See, the thing is, is Valona, it's not a matter of having time. It's a matter of making time. See, when you wake up in the morning, it's you who decides what to give priority to. And if you don't have time, it's because there's only one person, and that's you. Because when you are a man and a woman of vision, there are certain things that you know, even if they don't need you. And you say no to them. There are certain invitations you don't go to. There are certain books you don't read. There are certain meetings you don't attend. 
You wake up earlier, you go late to bed, you cut out the unnecessary time-consuming matters. The only time you have is for what you need. My mind was on the service. And tomorrow's service. So everything I did today was focused. So I had time. Yeah. Maybe I didn't do other things, but it's okay. That, that's not, that had nothing to do with where I'm trying to go. My goal was to preach. And not just to preach, but to preach well. Yeah. So I was focused. Praying, preparing in private, away from noise, away from people. Oh, you have time. It's up to you. What do you use your time for? Number eight. My family and friends don't think I'm capable. See, no one can tell you how capable you really are besides yourself. Let me say that again. No one can tell you how capable you really are besides yourself. If your friends and family disappear tomorrow, will it still affect you? See, you are the driving force between where you are and where you want to be. Nobody else. And that's why I pity some of you who have too much support. You rely so much on being supported. I've, I've come up with a different mindset on this. I think suffering is good. Honestly. Because I found if everything is too nice for you, you don't develop a backbone. Pasalana, you must still be able to do stuff even when people spit in your face. You must still get up. Even when they take your money, you must still go ahead and do what you said you're going to do. Chela daily see you. Habang abuser. Hey, softy. Ooh, they were anchibilen katem. Ooh, they were never there for me. Why should they be there for you? God is there for you. Yeah, some of us, we've been supported too much. That's why we are so delicate. It's a so break bar. We are so rubberable. Some of us were so, you are so delicate, so, you know, too much support. Number nine, I don't know if I will succeed. See, the greatest mystery in life is not knowing what's going to happen. And sometimes when you start on this journey, you go through roads that you thought never existed. <laughs> That's what I found out. Sometimes when you start on a journey of achievement, we can allow so can go kai kai. We can allow we let you know. Yeah? We can allow we shant. Or leka dikela or we shall carry the fast like a bull can. You never thought you'd get there. Yeah. Number ten, I've already dedicated myself to a different path. So some people will not get on the right course. They have already wasted my life. Some of you, you may be here tonight. When you look at the decisions you've made and things that have happened, you think it's too late for you. It's never too late to change your path. Just because you're on one road doesn't mean you can't take a different path. It doesn't mean you can't pursue a different journey. Number 11, I'm just not lucky. You know some people,
all of us, Barcelona, there are times when we are lucky. The difference is we don't see the opportunities when they're presented to us. Number 12, I didn't have the right teachers. People like to blame teachers. But the truth is there are many things in the world that you can teach yourself. Today in the days of the internet, there is free useful information that you have access to at your fingertips. Honestly, Barcelona, when you buy certain gadgets, they have a manual, Kamohari. You just read the manual, just read. How? Just read. You don't need a teacher. You don't like my sermon, do you? <laughs> Number 13, I'm not destined to succeed. Oh, what if I fail? Everything that ultimately happens in your life is all due in part to the decisions you make. Your belief system about yourselves lead you. People say, what if I fail? And I want to ask, what if I succeed? There's a 50-50 chance, I guess. Failure is always a risk. Success is always a risk. There are very few things in life when you succeed where it's a 100% path is smooth. So don't allow this to, help, to, 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 to hinder you. Number 14, I'm not motivated enough. You know, moya amu pants. Some of you, your moya is pantsy all the time. <laughs> hey. Number 15, I'm too easily distracted by other things. There are people who are always distracted, you know. The key for you, my brother, sister, is to be disciplined and to be dedicated for a certain period of time. Number 16, I'm not educated enough. Education isn't necessarily something that you only learn at school. In fact, the truth is this, you can never have enough education. You always need to educate yourself. Yeah. And sometimes education experience becomes your best educator. Number 17, I can't handle failure. Learn to detach yourself from failure, from the outcomes of failure. Instead, use failure as an opportunity to learn. Number 18, this is the people on the Sunday Island. I will start tomorrow. <laughs> Did you know something, Basalana? There is no such as a future, it's only the present. Let me tell you what I mean. There are many people who postpone to tomorrow and they never lived to see tomorrow. So if you genuinely have time to do something now, use the opportunity. If you are here today and you haven't received Christ in your life and God is not the center of your life, please don't leave this service without making that decision. I know tomorrow we are having a church service. Mara, you are here now. Make the decision now. Look at your neighbor and say, make the decision now. Use the opportunity and go do it. Why? Because you will feel motivated, energized. When you know you have pushed yourself. Number 19, I'm not ready. You know, some of you are postponed, I'm not ready. Uncle Red, I'm not You know, sometimes I found out you can never be prepared to get started. 
more will prevent you from failure than you are wrong. You remember the last time we spoke about it during the year? Some of you, you analyze things so much. And try not to fail. You want to be so perfect when you start that your analysis paralyzes you. And we call it analysis paralysis. You know, sometimes I found out if you, if you, if you, if you weigh things too much, it causes major problems for you. Number 20, I don't believe I can do it. Number 21, money. Don't have money. Some people think money is everything. Number 22, people feel overwhelmed. 23, people say it's not the right time to start. 24, fear. 25, I'm just who I am. 26, is too hard. Like I'm making it hard for you now. 27, what will others think? Let me close. How do you eliminate excuses? Number one, believe that you are everything that God says you are. Number two, practice honesty. Be honest with yourself. Be honest that you like to make excuses. Because see, the more you make excuses, the easier it gets to make excuses. And most of those excuses are a lie anyhow. And the more you lie, the more it's easier to lie. And the more you lie, the more easier you lie is the more you believe the lies. <laughs> just practice telling the truth. Not just to others, but to yourself. Sometimes instead of blaming, go yourself, lock yourself in the room, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you the problem, you. Number three, prioritize. Use your talent time in doing something that's meaningful. Number four, set goals that are realistic. You see, if you put goals that you can't achieve, you'll always have excuses. Number five, I love this one. Stop postponing. Procrastination is just another word for excuse. Let the word now be your buzzword. Somebody say now. Number six, be positive. Yeah, believe in God's ability in you. Number seven, be nice to yourself. In short, when you make mistakes, forgive yourself. Right now we're going to pray. The first prayer I want to pray is for people who want to tonight say, you know, I've lived this whole year knowing fully well I should give my life to Christ, but I didn't do it. Maybe many excuses. Ah, but ah, these people. If you want to tell the truth, you need Christ in your life. And that's the truth. That's the truth. And tonight, I want to challenge you. Don't make any excuses. No more excuses. You are here tonight. You are in the presence of God. You didn't come here by mistake. Don't make any excuses. I want to pray for you tonight. That God will come into your life and change your life. Can you bow your heads, please? And close your eyes, please. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here tonight and you say, would you please pray for me? I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I've stopped making excuses. 
My life is not going in the right direction. And I know it. Would you please pray for me? Would you raise your hand right where you are, please? I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. Can you stand on your feet right where you are, please? Just stand on your feet. There's many of you who've raised your hands. Just stand on your feet. Give them a big hand as they stand. That's good. All the way to the back, I see all of you. That's right. All right. Thank you, Lord.